0: welcome to another episode of Chai Time with Jags and today I have an amazing character that I stumbled across on TikTok called Lady Bushra. In the past growing up we've probably seen Lily Savage from the UK and Paul, no RuPaul from the US and Lady Bushra is one of their family so welcome Lady Bushra how are you?
1: Hi Jag I'm very well thank you so much for that wonderful introduction it's a pleasure to join you uh, on your wonderful podcast let's have some chai.
0: Yes let's have some chai so actually talking of chai which chai do you like do you actually like masala chai or do you prefer it prefer English breakfast?
1: Ooh, oh, well, I'm so. Listen, if I said English breakfast, I'd be doing a disservice to my ancestors now, wouldn't I? They'd be yes. like, they ransacked our nations only for you to go into Tesco's and buy a shitty little bag. Oh, can I swear on this podcast, by the way? Yes, no, I think it definitely has to be masala jaya. I love, correct, this is chai. My ancestry is from a region in Pakistan called Adat, and they um, love strong tea with a lot of milk literally with a dash of water and it's boiled for like a good hour or something or a good half an hour and that's Do really, they, really nice yeah
0: would they add ginger that's the question no
1: no we don't mess around with that no 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 sorry sugar yes ginger no but <clears throat> recently my favorite chai has to be kashmiri chai kashmiri pink tea don't judge me for how i make it but I love it with almond milk and um, salt. It's a salty tea and it tastes. Yes. I, I picked up the recipe from the Chai guys who are a London based company that I did some work with. And I was there at this at their stand in London and they said, would you like to try this that we're testing out? And I was hooked. So I've, because they don't, that's the only variety that they don't sell. The other ones we have. So this one I've had to improvise and make myself. And honestly, it's phenomenal. Have you ever tried Kashmiri pink chai? No,
0: I haven't. I haven't tried Kashmiri Jai. It is something that I want to try. Um, I have seen so many videos about Kashmiri Jai. I've also heard my friends talk about it. But it is something that I really, really want to try because I, I love my chai, obviously.
1: You're missing out. You're missing out. It's all well.
0: Hopefully, when we meet up, you can introduce me to the Kashmiri Jai
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I don't know if I sell chai at my shows, but now you've got me thinking. Next time you come to one of my cabarets, I'll bring some chai. That could be part of the, instead of merch. We'll have chai. Yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> so, what influenced Lady Bushra to be born? Um,
1: I have no idea. I, I have no idea as to what influenced Lady Bushra to be born. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I definitely do think it was an energy beyond my capacity that caused for this entity to enter into my world. It sounds really bizarre, even, even given the fact that I'm the one who's playing the character, but both me and my husband, we often joke about it and we talk about it and neither of us can quite figure out where it came from because I I have a science background I graduated in biomedical science I worked in the pharmaceutical and medical devices industries for the majority of my life um and then you know everybody used to always say that I'm funny come January of 2020 and I think just before that we I we started playing around with wigs and heels both my husband and I just as a joke you know we're gay and you know we love we we don't we we don't Fall under the trappings of a lot of mainstream society, so we can be a little bit more free with our femininity, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And then I think January of 2020, we started talking with a friend of ours in London, and I it was just an idea that came in my head, and I was like, "Oh, you know, Lady Busher of Bradford," and they had a big laugh. And I've always been a funny person, so I've always been able to make people laugh. Um, And I think this is just a great way for me to channel all of my thoughts and opinions in a very um, humorous way. And then by February of Gen- uh, February of 2020, I was on stage in London. We had a sold out show, which was fabulous. And then of course the pandemic hit. And I think that's the reason why uh, Bushra really excelled because I started doing a lot of digital content I started building upon it. Um, that got people interested. And then by sort of July of 2021, people started inviting me to perform in person. And so now uh, I am before you as a full-time drug artist.
0: That's brilliant. I love it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank you so much. I've always, I've always wanted to pursue the arts, but, you know, having come from an Orthodox household um, and many South Asians will resonate with this, you know, we have a prerequisite in terms of acceptable careers, right? So uh, being a drag queen definitely definitely was not I mean it wasn't even bottom of the pile it wasn't even on the list you know Mm -hmm. um so it's been quite a journey but I'm I'm grateful for it I have to say your makeup skills
0: are a a star like (laughs) 10 out of 10 100 out of 10 however (laughs) you want to put it and I was just like oh my god Lady Bush's makeup skills are better than mine (laughs) <laughs> well you know
1: is thank you so much for that i mean it's all self-taught i i think there was one drag queen at the beginning who sort of gave me a few basic pointers in terms of where your light should bounce off your face to give a certain uh sort of persona i suppose you know with um women it's the forehead down to your nose to the point of your nose under your eyes and uh, under your nose and your chin that's where your highlight is the rest is contour that's the bare bones of it um and i've kind of you know watched a few videos and then just built upon it because makeup's individual so it's what works for you it might not necessarily necessarily work for somebody else so i've kind of just built on that i suppose i i'm tempted to do a tutorial now that you've said this maybe i should share my wisdom with the, (laughs) the rest of the world but i think a lot of people will be mortified how i do it because it is stage makeup and it is me as a man painting on a woman. So I always say that I'm carving out the woman. So it's very different to how normal people, and I do say normal people, <laughs> it's very different to how normal people do their makeup. Like I use about six different foundations on my face now. Six? Six, yeah. So I have um, my my orange to cover the um, dark brown pigmentation. Oh, for the corrector, yeah. No, I think, yeah, but I, I, use, think... I do it with foundation though. I don't use a corrector because it (laughs) it has to be that level of coverage
0: i think everybody has got their own techniques to be honest so i don't think there's one correct method they're all Mm. tried and tested you use what works for you Mm. um and whatever works for you works for you but I you and know, it's I'm working just,
1: well. It's and working it, it, well. it looks fabulous. Every <laughs> time
0: I see a video pop up, I'm in hysterics.
1: You know, so, on Tik on TikTok, people used to think it was a filter, and they were really? mortified. When they were mortified when they found out that it wasn't a filter, and they were like, "Oh, you actually spend that much time putting makeup on?" And I was like, "Yes, of course."
0: <laughs> so, when you're getting into character, mm. how long does it take you to put your makeup? on
1: my makeup now takes about an hour to an hour and 15 so that's from start to finish then to put the body on it's probably another 20 minutes to half an hour so on a good day in about an hour and 40 minutes I can be completely ready so that's from going from nothing to out the door um in wow. an hour and 40
0: yeah I think men take longer to get ready nowadays
1: don't they well It's funny you say that because between me and my husband, I take the longest to get ready and it it takes me time. Like I probably take longer to get ready out of drag than I do in drag, which is bizarre. Like it takes me a good 40 minutes to just brush my teeth, have a shower, get my clothes on. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Bearing in mind, men don't have long hair.
1: This is true. This is very, very true. Yeah. Well, you know, women, women were well, I'm not a woman, but, you know, Women are strong, they're resilient. There's a lot of power in the feminine energy. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I invoke a feminine persona.
0: That's brilliant. I think you're probably balancing your masculine and your feminine energy, the way that you're coming across, Um, especially in character with Lady Bushra. Question, would you say that Lady Bushra? Um, the character of Lady Bushra you've been influenced by any of the women in your family or growing up watching the aunties mm-hmm. um, like with their habits the characters or the personalities sure. so sure. is Lady would you say Lady Bushra is a mishmash of the women you've had in your life? Well or... my drag
1: Wilma well, drag is definitely a love letter to all South Asian women I think that South Asian women, having come from a South Asian background, I think South Asian women have had a very unique and very interesting history. Um, If you consider how South Asian women were before migration, before the India partition, um, to where South Asian women are at right now, it's it's quite extraordinary. And um, to be able to progress in the Western world, um and still hold on to uh, still hold on to some wonderful traditions that um reside within our South Asian heritage is is truly inspiring. And I think with that you do get characters coming out, you know, within our families. As if, for example, um a lot of my character is inspired by my grandma. And and people people might not be able to tell because she wasn't very uh, affluent in um English and she Um, spoke a language called Hinko, which is a very um, minor, a very small number of people speaking in Pakistan. Um, But she was so larger than life and she was so charismatic and she was, she was, uh, may she rest in peace, but she was such a gossip. She was an absolute gossip. And I love that about her. And, you know, (laughs) she was so extra. She was so over the top for no apparent reason. You know, here we had a, south asian woman living in a terrace house gorgeous house back in pakistan with jasmine trees and what have you you know she'd come out with you know 10 huge gold bangles on each arm made out of 24 karat gold not particularly well designed but it's just the fact that she's got gold on and even her buttons on her dresses were made out of gold it was like a chain of gold that you'd
0: Oh where, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, yeah remember it was just it, it was that,
1: and and I I loved her persona. I was completely blown away by it. I, blown away by it. There was, and of course she she must have had her reasons for being that way. But I just loved how that is how she decided to present herself to the world.
0: Yeah, I think with our grandparents, especially our grandmothers, I think they were the original OGs. Mm, yes, you know, um, very resilient. Um, As you said, but also they were born at a time when there was so much adversity, Um, Mm. but also there was a lot of togetherness
1: yes well. yes there was a huge sense of community and that's yes. that's something that um is still prevalent within the drag community and we and I do say drag community there de- definitely is there's a there's a very wonderful feminine energy when a, a load of drag queens get together in a room and we'll share and we'll distribute and we'd um support that definitely is there um I tell you uh, um, another person that My character is massively inspired by Is the girls of Bradford The the Bushras of Bradford Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%, 100% Have you ever been to Bradford? Oh god, years ago Years ago Years ago ago When I was was a child (laughs) family Bradford has um,
0: Going into all the desi shops yeah, exactly. well,
1: Bradford has girls that are larger than life. They're boisterous. You know, think Vicky Pollard meets a Karen. It's very is very much that. These girls are boisterous. They're larger than life. They're unapologetic about who they are. And that was really the inspiration behind my character's intent, because I, I looked at these girls and I thought, here they are you know giving it all that and being tough but then what is it that's causing them to be that way and the reality is that many of these south asian girls uh, often get married off at very young ages and they are not necessarily allowed to pursue the dreams that they may have they're not they are not they're not even allowed to dream of those dreams mm-hmm. and so they realize that they have a finite amount of time between i don't know 14 and 19 at best to be whatever they want to be and so they may fabricate who they are they may create a persona in order to protect themselves uh, inevitably to be swallowed up into the you know south asian sort of system mm-hmm. of course that's not to say that that happens to all of the girls but you know i have no, known
0: of
1: course not. i i i unfortunately i know of girls who 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 have been like that so when my character is met with resistance i see it as an opportunity to educate because if somebody doesn't like somebody being like that you know there's been very there's been very little resistance to me as a man doing drag i would say that there's been more resistance to me playing a character that's like bushra because some people feel that it's not the best representation of the south asian community whereas i see myself as an artist all what i'm doing is holding up a mirror and Um, shining a very small light on a certain sect of our community. And if people don't like that, then it's a case of them having to think as to why that type of person exists. Believe it or not, my goal is for Bushra to no longer be funny. You know, I'm an artist. I play loads of other characters that I just, you know, haven't brought out that much. Mm -hmm. I'd love to carry on developing what I do. Um, But I stick with this because obviously it resonates with the audience. But also um it shines a very necessarily um light on our community i believe
0: yeah no i have definitely seen that and with the the way that you've described it there are so many young girls mm-hmm. you know i mean i remember growing up and like within the south asian community come 16 17 18 right we found someone for you to get married to mm-hmm. um And unfortunately, there are girls who are getting married very, very young because and they don't know who they are, as you've said. Mm -hmm. And they create this persona. But after they're married, it's like that spark within them goes. And I'm sure you've seen that. Yes, I um, have. Growing up um but it's and i i think it's a brilliant way of getting a message across
1: but you see bushra doesn't lose her spark does she yeah no she doesn't no, she's she tells everybody she's 19 she's very clearly not 19 but you know she still is that <laughs> out loud and proud south asian sensation
0: yeah. <laughs> why not why, why not why not exactly why not hmm. so the question goes the question that i want to ask is who is tarek Because I have seen so many videos of Lady Bushra. Tarek, where are you? Tarek's left me. (laughs) Tarek's left me. I've got to go back to Pakistan and find my cousin Tarek. He's good looking and he's rich. So, who is Tarek? So Tarek
1: is effectively the male Bushra. You know, a Bushra will often end up with a Tarek, and he's somebody who puts up with a Bushra, and you know, he sort of he is the cause of all her pain and angst but all her peace and love at the same time <laughs> <laughs> um so but oftentimes in the videos um it's my husband <laughs> so on the other end it's my husband um and we uh, we will just pretend that he's Tarek. and he he well, I don't know if he loves it or not, but he has no choice in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> <I see. laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's essentially what Tarek's are. But, you know, with with myself as a drug artist, I sort of I do those clips, etc. But um, then the the main magic is on the stage, I'd say, or what little I've done uh, on uh, uh, video. And there's there's a lot more to come. Um because I'm you know I also do semi classic dances, I do stand up comedy, I do um character based sketch comedy
0: oh, I've uh, seen some of those yeah
1: yeah 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 I so saw we're, one, we're recently, branching out.
0: I saw one recently where it was um, who was it? Liz truss yes, and Liz then truss. there was this clip of you wearing um a burger okay oh <laughs> <laughs> the whole outfit and then you're taking your burger off and you come out as was it Boris Johnson
1: as Boris Johnson yes <laughs> <That was> so <laughs> hilarious so I mean that's just politi- political commentary isn't it yeah. I mean, it's just
0: but it's I was just laughing not... so much I was just laughing so so much and to the point where I nearly wet myself basically <laughs> because I'm just like what is this character doing. What is
1: going on? (laughs) But again, that's again, that's from the South Asian perspective, isn't it? I suppose in the way it's like this is, or at least from my perspective, (laughs) I sort of see the madness that is ensuing in this country or has been. And you kind of think, well, what is going on? And so I'll I'll show it through chaos.
0: (laughs) So when you did your first show, like Mm
1: -hmm. when you
0: came out dressed up in drag, how did you feel? You know,
1: I when I did my first show in drag, I felt correct. I have I am probably one of the most delusional people you'll ever meet. I'm I'm incredibly delusional and that's a very good quality to have in a drag queen because the whole thing is a lie. So you need to be a little bit delusional to that you are the prettiest lightest daintiest thing on stage and everybody loves you and that's the end of the story (laughs) um (laughs) i think one of the first shows that i did was at colors hoxton i did a brunch in manchester and i was quite scared i'd forgotten my eyelashes my husband had to run across the road and get them for me i had these giant stilettos on and I came out of the burqa, I waved the Pakistan flag, and as I was running across the floor, my legs started to buckle. So I had to, oh kick, no. the, I had to kick the shoes off, uh, the heels off, and do the rest of the number barefoot, well, with tights on. Um, so that was fun. But the, you know, the crowd absolutely loved it. They were, they were raving. Um, but the, the real performance that, that sticks out was a variety show that I did at Colours Hoxton in London, Um, And that was when I made my first outfit and it was inspired by Mina Kumari from the Bollywood film Bagiza. And it's a classic. Yeah. So it was uh, it was a medley. So I uh, actually sewed a green outfit, which was um, in the exact same fashion as what she wore. But obviously a lot, um, you know, budget constraints meant (laughs) there was a lot more sequins than actual embroidery. and it went down a storm, it really, really did. And then I did a, another number, which is a mashup of uh, a Lipa's physical. And it's all about Bushra's auntie calling her from Pakistan, telling her to lose weight because there's a marriage proposal, marriage proposal coming and he's only into thin girls. And so it's, it's a number where Bushra does a whole workout. And at the end, she just has had enough. So she brings her auntie and tells her to go stuff it. Um, which i i love doing that number because again i love it's, that
0: message i love yes. that message because it, there's such a pressure mm-hmm. like in the asian community oh if if there's a girl she has to be fair she's got to be slim mm-hmm. she's got to have long hair she's got to have I don't know, light colored eyes you know a perfect body she
1: has, she has to be ambitious but not too ambitious you know, still get... be
0: able to do the housework
1: yeah 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 you she you, you should be able to have a career that we can boast about but make sure you don't pursue it after you get married <laughs> all that nonsense yeah and still <laughs> produce
0: kids as yes. well yes
1: yeah 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 all that jazz yeah so this this number is just shedding a light on one of the um issues uh, which is around um body shaming that happens in um bachelorettes south asian bachelorettes so uh that number i love i actually do another one that's um a mashup of madonna's papa don't preach and it's just when bushra just keeps on giving birth to loads of children and they all turn out to be white and um she says why are my babies white for and then she's (laughs) like oh because that one time with kevin and um i love doing that number because i you know at the end of the day as a south asian woman you, you should be able to do what you want if you've fallen in love with somebody who is n- not of the same culture as you it is not the end of the world you know it's absolutely fine so you know I just um give these little subliminal messages with um heavy doses of humor I'm actually doing my first um theater stand-up comedy show in February uh, in Manchester and it's called Lady Bushra Robbed And it's going to be a mashup of all the careers that Bushra could have had, had it not been everybody else's fault but hers. Now, obviously, it's going to be funny, but the message behind it is that, you know, what could Bushra have been had her ambitions not been curtailed?
0: Brilliant. I'm loving the fact that there's always a message behind each sketch that you're doing. And I think that's amazing. Thank you. And... What I want the other thing that's really been bugging me, not bugging me that's been on my mind is it's like what um when you're prepping for these skits or sketches, however you want to describe it, do you just do you brainstorm them or do you just um spontaneously come up with them? I mean, do you like have you ever had any situations like if you've been on stage where you've had to spontaneously come up with something new sure or I mean obviously there's being an artist you will probably I want to say um improvise um as and when you need to but have you had to like spontaneously come up with a new sketch
1: sure um well there's several things to pack there I think uh, to unpack there. I think Firstly, um, preparation is key. You have to prepare um, because if you don't prepare, it shows. However, with all the preparation that you do, it cannot, ironically, it can't prepare you for what might happen on the night. Um, so you kind of have to take all that preparation, leave it backstage and then just whatever happens happens at the show you have to enjoy it because if you're enjoying it the, the audience is enjoying it when it comes to sort of digital sketches I don't really prepare that's all uh improv it's all in the moment or if I'll think of something quick and funny um I'll I'll, I'll just you know sort of re, sort of record it I think it 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 makes it more authentic and these days with social media it's all about the trend it's all about what's hot at the moment so that naturally informs what you want to do um but I do I do write stand-up comedy and I will do some routine jokes but I'm known for my improv people repeatedly come to my shows for that spontaneity factor it's the sort of watch what happens next is somebody going to come in late what is she going to say to that person is somebody going to do something silly or you know there there's Mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot of um, that and people really love that for some reason. <laughs> um, but when it comes to numbers, um, so, you know, the sort of comedic numbers that I create, the list, trust so or the Boris, that is all, that is all somewhat rehearsed. So I know my cues, I know what I'm going to say, where, and what I'm going to do. That's all, that's all very rehearsed.
0: So how are you loving this new career as Lady brushra
1: mm-hmm.
0: versus your normal daytime job? Sure.
1: I mean, now that I'm a full-time drag artist, I I don't have any other job apart from this. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity that I have and for what I'm able to do. I hope to continue doing it. Um, I did love my day job. There was nothing wrong with what I was doing. I think, uh, funnily enough, a lot of the skills that I learned during my day job, because a lot of it was sort of business to business engagement, I have managed to translate into my drag as well, um, because it, it is entertainment in America, they call it show business. Um, and there is that business element to it as well. So I've learned a lot. There's a lot of transferable skills that I'm really grateful for. But yeah, I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. I can't see myself going back unless we had another pandemic and you know, <laughs> I had to I hope not. I hope end, not. end up doing something that I don't really want to do. But um Yeah, for the foreseeable future, I think this is this is I think this is definitely my calling in terms of engaging with people, entertaining them, making them laugh, making them feel better, saying to them, "Hey, listen, I understand times are tough. I know we've got crisis going on. I know there's wars going on. But the minute that door shut, we're all in this space and we're here together, and we're going to forget about our worries before we go back out into the big bad world." And that um, being able to enable that um, feels quite special.
0: Becoming Lady Bushra, how has that impacted you on a personal level? Um, Has it shifted your mindset of how you see life or is it still the same? Becoming Lady
1: Bushra certainly has impacted me on a personal level, Uh, also on a spiritual level as well. I think it's definitely taught me to be a better person. It's taught me to be a kinder person. Um, it's taught me to be a more spiritual person. It's helped me heal. Um, it's helped me recover from, uh, the traumas of my past and it's helped me reconnect with my, um, heritage, both British and South Asian. It's really helped me understand my position, uh, and my place in the larger world. Um, yeah, I'm very, very, I'm very, very grateful. and very, very happy for it. Yeah, I think I definitely am a better person for being a Bushra.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I, I suppose like with every experience, something shifts in us, right? So if you had to like, I want to say, give some, if anybody came to you for advice about life, what would you say to them?
1: Well, it depends what um, advice they want. Are you talking on a financial level, spiritual level or just general?
0: Just say, for example, somebody has is at a crossroads in their life Mm -hmm. um, and they have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? okay so if somebody was at a
1: crossroads in their life and were looking to get advice from lady bushra i would say the following i would say that we are all spiritual beings having a human experience but it's no more no less um you're here to experience what it's like to be a human and let the universe unravel and tell its story And I think the best way in which you can experience that is by being in the present moment. Find ways in which you can experience being in the present moment. Um, Daily meditation and daily practices um, such as guided meditation can really help with that. Um, I think being kind is of paramount importance. It it should be an active thing. It's not something that comes naturally to me, um, but I do actively practice it. It's a tried and tested method method uh in order to gain clarity and in order to have good things come to you it's all about the energy that you put out and the energy that you re- you receive and definitely be kind um avoid actively avoid negativity i think In today's day and age, I see more and more people failing at that, you know, you only need to open one controversial or opinionated Twitter comment, and you will see a whole stream of people who feel the need to give their opinion on it. If it's a negative opinion, I would encourage you a not to give it and b. Um, be so busy that you don't even have time for it be so busy making plans for your life for your betterment for your progress that you don't have time for that Um, these are tried and tested methods as far as my personal life is concerned and it has worked for me so if you're at a crossroad at a decision making process I think being in the present moment letting the universe unravel its story learning to let go of things, Um, and being a kinder person, being so busy that you um, don't have time for negativity, will really help clear space for you.
0: That's a beautiful message. (laughs) Very beautiful message. Looking at your life in the last 10 years, where you were and where you are now, how would you say you are as a person? I
1: think looking back at my life uh, now as comparison to 10 years ago I think in some ways I have reconnected with who I am a lot of a lot has happened in 10 years in between and I think 10 years ago I was perhaps a lot freer I had a lot less constraints I think as human beings ultimately we want to feel free we seek freedom and I think now where I'm at in my life, I have definitely managed to reconnect with that freedom. I think also I'm a lot wiser. I'm not wise, but I am wiser. I think I know what I don't want and I know what I want. I think I uh, I, I definitely appreciate the fragility of time as far as my life is concerned. You really do feel Particularly given the pandemic and what what happened, you can really—it's palpable, isn't it—as to the fact that it could all end tomorrow, or or, um, it could go on for another fifty years. So then, what does that teach you? It teaches you to live in the moment and live for every single day because every single day is a blessing. And so, therefore, you can't afford to waste any day thinking about what was or what could have been. It is just what is, and. You've just got to carry on working to get to where you want to get to.
0: Yeah, very true. Very true. When when it came to you realising about who you are um, with your sexuality, how did you deal with it? Because there are so many South Asians, men and women, who struggle with it Mm -hmm. at times, obviously, because of the culture what people are going to say so people who may be listening to this and who are in that situation what would you say to them
1: are you implying that I'm a gay man Jack how dare you never
0: (laughs) I'm (laughs) talking to you as a person
1: (laughs) um I I am an out loud and proud gay man yes I think for me personally before I answer your question I think it's important to say that being gay is a facet of me it it doesn't define me as to who I am I think you know you have good people and bad people everywhere you have good gay people you have bad bad gay people you have good straight people you have bad straight people and everything else in between so it is just a facet of my life unfortunately such a uh, light is shone on it is because it is denied that that um Uh, that identity is denied to so many people for whatever reason. I think there are a lot of um, South Asian men, gay South Asian men, maybe even gay South Asian women as well, um, who do struggle with their sexual identity. And also I do believe that sexuality is on a spectrum. You may be straight and occasionally be inclined the other way and vice versa. Um, But because of our strict, stringent societal rules, feel people feel that you have to stay within the binary and anything outside of the binary is transgression as i say life is not that strict and straight i as a gay man who has um come to know many a doubt undercover gay men can tell you that you know it it doesn't work like that life doesn't work like that and um maybe we should all stop taking Things so seriously. And, you know, for anybody who is struggling with their sexual identity, I think the first thing is to um, be o- open and honest with yourself as to who you are. And that may be being open about the fact that you don't know who you are and you don't know as to where you fall on that spectrum. Um, the second is to have the confidence to explore who you are without pressure from either sides. Um, and be in a space where people don't judge you in a in a judgment-free space. There are a lot of queer South Asians who are um, out there. Um, there's private support groups, there's public support groups. Both me and my husband, we have a podcast of our own called You Don't Love Me Boys. And we talk about life from the perspective of a gay South Asian married couple. And, you know, it's a beautiful world out there. I, I really hope people will be able to connect and yes it's not always going to go smoothly and you will potentially face friction from family members it may be temporary it may be permanent it may be, well be a deal breaker but i think as so long as you're pursuing the purpose of your life which is happiness you will be absolutely fine um regardless of who comes on board in, on you in your life or who jumps off
0: yeah no the reason i asked that question is because i have come across many people in my mm. lifetime um who have been inclined that way but they've always kind of hidden away mm-hmm. hence why i asked the question so thank you for answering that for you oh forgot, before i forget mm-hmm. if one of your sketches you read tarot cards don't you uh yes what inspired that what inspired that i'll I'll tell you what
1: inspired me to read tarot cards money (laughs) money i got a um message from a drag queen friend of mine who said can you read tarot cards and i said i think i can in in the entertainment world the rule is if somebody offers you a job you just say yes you can do it and then you learn on the day which is exactly what i did um (laughs) And then, so I, 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 it's a place near where I live where I'd get booked to. We had a lovely booth, and we'd sit and read tarot cards um, for free. Obviously, you get you get you get paid for your time. Um, and it's really bizarre because although I'd never done tarot, I'd had my tarot cards my tarot cards read in the past, but I'd never done tarot card readings. But it it is weird because there is something there and it it not necessarily it may not necessarily be the tarot cards I think it's uh, but I think they act as a vessel to sort of help people center themselves for them to be in the present moment and get a sense of clarity as to what's going on and it's amazing I oftentimes don't read the tarot cards in a literal sense I'll read them in terms of the you know On the street, you call it a vibe, you can call it a vibration, an energy, an essence, whatever you want to call it. But I I read off that. Um, and it has been quite healing for people. Um, they have found it quite um entertaining, but also quite therapeutic. Um yeah, so I tend to have a lot of fun. I'll throw in a lot of jokes, but then again, there's there's always a little bit of bit of spirituality thrown in.
0: But that's that's really good. But then that's what tarot cards are for they are there to show you what's going on and what is possible but also to show you the window the path however you want to put it Mm. um what is the way forward the best decision for you to empower you to make the right decision for yourself for sure that's great (laughs) so when are you doing your next shows because I know you've got a jam-packed year coming up ah yes
1: so there's quite a lot going on I think what I can definitely share is I'm is that I'm bringing back my drag comedy cabaret next year so we will be doing the drag comedy cabaret um in Manchester and in London so those are my regular monthly dates so those are my two residencies I will have other residencies in and around Manchester Birmingham um and then a few prides I think I've already got secured so that's happening next year I think my big show is going to be my theatre show um I believe it's on the 17th of February at Contact Theatre in Manchester uh but I think I probably will be doing a few more theatre dates and when I can announce them maybe a few uh international dates as well so it is Fabulous. looking it is so Lady Bisher
0: goes international
1: Uh, Once again, yes Last year I was in Prague The year before I performed in Malta So who knows what this year will bring But um, it's going to be fun That's for sure (laughs) Lady Bushra, let's see if she's funny in Swedish Shall we? Why not?
0: (laughs) Why not? Have you come across Any other South Asian um, Drag queens?
1: Yes, absolutely I've come across a number of South Asian Drag queens who have been doing it Um, before me to various uh, degrees of prominence and success by the way all information to my shows I should mention um, tickets are available on www.ladybushra.com that's www.ladybushra.com so make sure you check that out now (laughs) talking about other South Asian queens um, I have to say there is a large portion of them who don't really, um, well, let's say there's a little bit of um, hesitancy around me. I think maybe it's because we sort of work in different scopes. Um, There is also this whole element of brushing things under, under the carpet and keeping things contained. And, you know, it's fine for me to do it in the bedroom with a camera and it's a silly little game. But when you take it out in front of the big bad world, um, not everybody agrees. You would be amazed at the number of South Asian drag queens who in my opinion, are very, very good. you know, they have high concepts, they spend time making their outfits and their numbers. Um, but they're they're private, you know, they might come out once a month and then that's it. whereas I <laughs> I my philosophy is not that. There's no point playing a bush or a character if she was going to be kept indoors. Um, she has to be out loud and proud and out there doing what she wants to do because I think that's a very positive message to give to South Asian girls and South, you know people in general Um, so yeah there is there is that I think something to be wary of is sort of crab mentality and that exists in the drag world and then outside it outside of it as well if you are particularly a minority, if you have faced adversity and if you see somebody who is trying to claw out of that adversity, then for some reason, it's something that I don't understand, but the natural instinct of other people is to try and claw you
0: back in that crab bucket. Um, Yeah, unfortunately, it's one of those things. It's like, I think from personal experience, I don't know whether you'll agree with this. It's probably because people just don't want to see you succeed. Um, Maybe
1: I mean, to be honest with you I'm really
0: jealousy. Or it's nobody. just jealousy In the, in
1: the grand it, Well, that's the thing I mean, in the grand scheme of things I am literally nobody Like, and I've said this On our own podcast as well uh, mm. To my husband If you really want to claw someone Go for Mariah Carey Go for Beyonce Like, aim higher than Lady Bushrow Come <laughs> on You can do better than that I know, I know, I know <laughs> go, go, I and, think, go and scratch Adele's I, eyes out Go on <laughs> I, I think
0: do you know what it is? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've seen it, it's almost like there's this um maybe it's human nature, you know, because of everything our community's gone through, that I think a lot of them come from a place of fear.
1: Do you know what I think it is? I think it's mm. a coping mechanism. I think mm. when somebody falls out of line, then the person who is trying to suppress them if that person escapes their clutches then they will have to deal with their very own reality and oftentimes it it, it is off it is geared around who they are who they want to be and what they can be it, it, it's quite a harsh realization because it is
0: it is it, I suppose, it, again it comes from that place of fear is that because it's their coping mechanism um and it's kind of like a trauma response as well because it's a learned behavior isn't
1: it yeah possibly I, I but i i do think it, it definitely is geared around the um notion of uh developing oneself um reinventing oneself because if you've done it and the other person hasn't then it's kind of like oh well i must I, i'm doing something wrong and so the natural response is to claw the other person down but having said that it is still a minority the vast majority of um, queens and, and South Asian queens they are wonderful they are really really nice um, there is a whole group of us actually in Manchester and there are a number of South Asian drag artists who are um, working on themselves developing themselves um, so that they can take to the stages and I am really really looking forward to that I'm really really excited for that I think it uh, add to a really lovely facet of um, South Asian talent and art
0: there are so many talented people out there, and I would say carry on doing what you've got to do. Yes, carry With on doing out re-
1: there. Carry on doing whatever you do, but you know, just know that you'll never be Lady Bushra, and you don't need to be. No, you're your best <laughs>
0: person. <laughs> there can only be one Lady Bushra. I think. Yeah.
1: Well. Yeah. You don't want a second one. Trust and believe. No. No.
0: No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. So, you owe me a pink Kashmiri chai, then. I owe you a pinkish Kashmiri Listen, if you're buying a ticket to one of my shows,
1: I will come with a pot of tea for you, my darling. Don't you worry about I it. I will
0: see you in London. Oh, you see
1: me in London. I'm, yes. I'm coming. I'm coming to London on the 20th of January. But I'm coming every month. So let me know. Oh, I will let me know, and um, we'll have our lo- uh, lovely um, chai moment. <laughs> we will. We will.
0: <laughs> Thank Sounds you fabulous. so so much, Lady Bushra.
1: Thank you so, so much for this opportunity, Jack. I really enjoyed speaking to you and having this conversation with you. And um, I can't wait to see you in person.
0: Likewise. And hopefully I can interview you live on Instagram as well. (laughs) Well, I look forward to it. Yes. And give my love to Tarek.
1: I will. Tarek's currently outside. He's the breadwinner right now. He's out there doing drive-bys and selling drugs. You know what it's like? What in the streets of Bradford? In the streets of Bradford, always. BD5 forever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so, so
1: much. My absolute pleasure, Jack. Thank you so much. Speak to you soon and see you soon.
0: Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.